Hey everybody, welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. We have another fantastic episode for you this week. And for those of you just joining us for the first time, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. This is a podcast dedicated to preventing disease, bringing hope to those who need it, and of course, live an enhanced life at any age and at any stage. And that's what we're all about here at Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. I'm your host, Karen King. I'm here with Dr. Seeds, and today we have a guest speaker with us today. He is an SSRP fellow, along with one of our favorite and smartest pharmacists. But before I let him begin, I do want to give you a medical disclaimer that is so important to know. This episode is purely for informational purposes only. Anything that we discuss in this uh, medical episode, please make sure you consult with your own physician before moving forward with any of the treatments we talk about. That said, I have a bio to read for Leonard. Um, it is a long one, so stick with me, folks. Leonard Pastrana received his PharmD from Palm Beach Atlantic University. He specializes in cellular optimization medicine. Dr. Fistrana is dedicated to being a lifetime learner. Leonard has a fellowship from the SSRP Institute in Cellular Medicine and is highly trained in peptide therapy. He also specializes in the use of cell signaling molecules while leveraging wearables, exercise science, and nutrition for health span optimization. Leonard is the founder of New BioAge Wellness Network, a company with two main goals. One, to assist practitioners in developing cutting edge cellular medicine protocols and programs focused on patient outcomes. And two, work closely with compounding pharmacies to develop the latest research-backed cellular medicine formularies. Leonard is also a lead supplement formulator at multiple companies in the spare time that he has it. I love this background. You can see why he is such a critical member of our SSRP community and our fellowship, but also a close colleague of Dr. Seeds. Now, um, I am not, I'm gonna turn, shut my camera off while Dr. Seeds heads this interview, but let me begin by asking Doc, how do you know Leonard Pastrana? Well, that's a really good question. And I want to throw this back at Leonard because I want Leonard to kind of tell the audience about, you know, Leonard has, a, has an amazing background, uh, pharmacy background, and, a, and an interesting background in being focused on cellular medicine. And his expertise in peptides is, uh, goes um, goes goes with this story, but I would like for Leonard to give me the, give the audience his kind of journey of what, what, what brought you into this fold of saying, boy, I, I really, uh, I think I need to know more about pathways and signaling and, and where, how did that pull you into this place of wanting to learn more and, and actually uh, work harder to, to get smarter. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing where you've got all these degrees and you've been, you've been trained to get to this point. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I need to know more. What, well, why would I want to take, I'm, I'm in a good place. Why would I want to go down this pathway? And I think I, I love your story and I think it needs to be told time and time again. And I would love for you to share that just to start this off, if you could, Leonard. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm a pharmacist, like you said, and I started off, I've had a lot of different pharmacy jobs, but I started off in, in retail pharmacy. 
you know, your standard CVS type of job. And while I liked being a pharmacist, it was a really frustrating job to have just because I saw patients coming in every day and they weren't getting better. And we were just pumping out drugs as fast as we can. And, you know, I just never saw anybody get, getting any better. And I just felt like I was handing out band-aids all day long. It's like, I, I had a sense that something was wrong, but I didn't really know because I was, this is what I was trained in. Right. And so eventually I spent too much time there, but I, I, I looked more at a clinical position and I moved over to the hospital, which I really enjoyed, um, you know, something new every day. I really liked it. But, but in the hospital, what I saw was the consequences of what happens when you hand out band-aids all day. And I was seeing people, you know, age 40, 50 years old with a, a, a long list of medications when they, when they're, you know, getting admitted into the hospital. And, and it was just the consequences of, of handing out band-aids and, you know, I, I grew a little bit tired of that as well, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I realized that I was going through the same thing myself. I was in my early thirties. I was, I was obese. I was, I was, I was walking, I was walking home from work, not walking home from work, but I was going into the garage and you had to, you had to climb up some stairs and I was on the phone with my wife. And I realized that I was so out of breath from going to the stairs that I had to tell her that I wanted, I needed to call her back once I got in my car. And it was that moment I remember sitting in that garage where I was, you know, I kept on pointing my finger at our healthcare system, at, um, you know, at look at these people that are sick, look at, look at all these other people. But at that moment, I had to realize I had to, you know, take accountability and look at myself. I was in my early 30s, I was obese and out of breath from walking upstairs, and I was going to end up just like the patients that I was trying to help. And, and that's when I kind of decided to make a change in my own life, my own health, health journey. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a really addictive personality. And I, so I just, I, I got into everything, health and wellness from, from diets to supplements to exercise. And, and somewhere along the way, I walked into uh, a buddy of mine's little boutique health and wellness pharmacy. And he told me something about how, you know, he had patients that were filling something called peptides and they were, they were really getting some great patient outcomes and they were refilling it all the time. And he said, there's something to this stuff. And I told him I would love to learn more about it. And he gave me his login for a peptide certification course. And I went in there to understand just a lot about one peptide. And I ended up just absolutely falling in love with it because it was me being a pharmacist. It was something completely different from everything I've ever learned about when it comes to utilizing medications where you basically are inhibiting or, or attaching to a receptor and you are basically putting a bandaid, you're not really fixing anything. Maybe you're slowing down the degradation of somebody that's developing chronic disease or that has chronic disease, but you're not really getting to any root cause. And with this new concept of peptides and cell signaling, where you're improving the efficiency of a cell and you're doing this for a couple months at a time, this isn't something that the person has to be on for the rest of their life. And then on top of that, you're, you know, that part of that peptide course, a big part of that peptide course was how do we combine this with exercise and nutrition and other lifestyle modifications to really amplify what we're doing. I just, I just fell in love with the concept altogether. And um, I remember booking a trip out to, to Vegas to see you at a preclinical workshop. And just, I was, you know, I didn't know everything you were talking about at first, but I, kn I knew that I wanted to know more about this. And, and I've been obsessed with it, you know, ever since. That's awesome. Well, you come a long way. And what I love, what I love is that you realize that this never ends, that the knowledge base never ends and that you're, you're all in to keep learning. And that's, 
that's the key to this. And it's the key to getting better at this language, right? Of, of cellular medicine. And, um, and that's why we're, we're excited to have you at the Peptide World Congress to bring about some of these issues in molecular pathways, in particular with supplements and exercise. And, um, and maybe you could, you could talk a little bit you know, give us some the little preamble here because I, I know your talk is going to be amazing. You know, pressure's on, but I, I know you can handle it um, because you do very well in these uh, with these type of uh, um, messaging, um, this the pathways and supplements and putting the story together. And I, I know you've worked hard on this, so I'm very excited for you to kind of to, to kind of give that talk that people are always looking for where it just hasn't been done yet. It's like you typically you see people talk about they'll, they'll show you a supplement, give you a list of things and then tell you this is what it does and this is how you take it. And, <laughs> and, and, and that just, just totally drives me insane. And I'm gonna, I, I know where you're headed and I, I love it because you're gonna put the story together for people and it's gonna make sense and, and people are gonna wanna know more. So can you give us a little bit hint about some of these molecular pathways and associated with some of the supplements and exercise and these caloric restriction mimetics? You know, can you put a little story together for us uh, now that you may, that may get people excited about what we're gonna be talking about? Yeah, sure. So, um, being a being a pharmacist, I you know you get a unique uh, viewpoint of of what's happening because I've also worked within within compounding pharmacy, and I've I've been lucky enough to see what a lot of different doctors are doing when they're coming up with their protocols or their or their treatment plans, and there's a big big difference between one set of practitioners that are prescribing uh, certain treatment protocols and and other ones, and you would think that they're they're doing completely different compounds, and they're not. One set of practitioners can be utilizing something like peptides, and the other set of practitioners can be utilizing the same thing, getting very different results. And in my experience, it's it's what what it is is the combination of things, how they're utilizing that peptide, the timing of when they're utilizing that peptide, what supplements are they utilizing uh, together with it when it comes to timing and nutrition and exercise, and it makes all the difference in the world. And so, something that we we kind of we got. We got really stuck on that message because we were we really wanted to know why is it that some people that we see coming in have complete transformations while while others don't and when we start looking at different supplements and you nailed it too I, the last thing i want to do uh is is make a long a long laundry list of supplements naming off all their benefits and and just telling you what's what's available um because that's what you're going to get everywhere and i'd rather i'd rather help people understand the mechanisms behind what these so-called benefits are so that they can evaluate supplements as they come out. Because there's a lot of good stuff that's coming out and there's a lot of stuff that's gonna to continue to come out and combinations of things that come out. So unless you understand the molecular pathways behind a lot of these buzzwords, um, it's gonna be hard to, to evaluate it. And some of these buzzwords we hear all the time are things like insulin resistance, mitochondrial function, exercise mimetic, caloric restriction uh, mimetics, fasting mimetics, and what all those what all those buzzwords are, are are really talking about is is the same thing that a lot of pharmaceutical companies are talking about. They're all targeting very similar pathways when it comes to obesity and type two diabetes and, and chronic disease. So when you're when you're talking about delaying the onset of these chronic disease, you're you're talking about enhancing health span and lifespan 
And if you, when you're having that conversation, a lot of times you're talking about a, things like AMPK and things like sirtuin, known as our longevity genes, um, depending on who you ask. You might offend somebody if you, you, know, you call sirtuins a longevity gene. But when I think of, of longevity, I'm thinking about the patient. I'm thinking about how can we delay the onset of chronic disease so they can not only live a longer life, but can live a more quality, a quality life. And, and really understanding um, the body's ability to recognize a deficit in energy. But then we disagree on a lot of different things when it comes to diets, types of exercises. We, agree, we disagree on a lot, but some things that we agree on are that caloric restriction and exercise are, are good for us. And if we could just take a look at the mechanisms at play when you exercise or when you caloric restrict, it gives us a lot of clues on, on what, what pathways we wanna attack, right? And so if you look at what's happening when you caloric restrict and you exercise, you're increasing AMPK, you're increasing uh, sirtuins, you're, you're getting this cascade of events that is where all these buzzwords comes from, come from, right? So if you think about all these buzzwords that I named uh, previously, it's all from, a lot of it comes from the downstream effects of, of sirtuins, right? And its ability to recognize a, an energy deficit and um, utilize NAD to increase the expression of SIRT1. And that's where you see the activation of things like PGC1-alpha, where you're talking about mitochondrial function. You're talking about mitochondrial biogenesis. Not only the function on how we oxidize fat, but the density of mitochondria. And th these are where these terms are coming from. It's also, you know, has a big effect on, on inflammation and glucose metabolism. I think one of the, the, the biggest things to look at you know, I love biological age tests and all these fancy tests out there, but I love to just look at glucose dynamics in somebody and see fasting insulin levels. I think that's going to tell me a ton about where they're going in the aging process. Um, so you don't have to always, uh, you know, spend a lot of money on some fancy, fancy tests. Looking at somebody where they're at insulin resistance wise can tell you, can tell you a lot. And when we're activating this system or, or the downstream effects of sirtuins like PGC1-alpha, and we're improving things like glucose uptake, and we're in, improving things like uh, oxidative stress and inflammation, where we really have a very strong effect on glucose metabolism. So when you're looking at supplements and evaluating supplements, and you see them saying insulin sensitizing or insulin resistance, this is what they're talking about. These are the downstream effects that they're talking about. So having a really good understanding of these is really going to help you put together not only the right supplement plan, but the right treatment plan, the right protocol, stack, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. Really understanding the mechanisms behind these things is what's going to make the difference in, in patient outcomes. And that's, that's a lot of the things that we're going to talk about when, it, when we get to Vegas. Um, and then there's some very simple, very simple um, uh, uh, supplements that you can utilize to act, that act directly upon this, um, like low doses of leucine, right? An amino acid, something very, very simple. And it's not something that people normally think of because when they think of an amino acid, they think of leucine, they, they think of mTOR activation, they think of more uh, anabolic protein synthesis um, uh, per preservation of lean muscle. Uh, they're not thinking about it in a, in a catabolic uh, way, but we're finding that more isn't always better. And we can do some really special things dose dependent. And if we have low doses of leucine, its effect on, on, on CERT1 activation, its effect on the KM of, of NAD, a lot of really cool things. And these are all buzzwords, NAD, sirtuins. But to get a really good understanding of these NAD precursors, why do we even want NAD precursors? What, what are we ultimately trying to do with sirtuins? Having a good understanding of this um, is going to just make everybody a lot better at their own health journey, 
and the way that they put treatment plans together for their patients to get patient outcomes. So we're going to talk a lot about that whole system and how it all, um, how it all interlocks together. I love hearing you talk, Leonard. It's, it's great. It's great to, to hear how you're putting the story together and it, it's making sense. And, and this is what people are looking for. And it's, it's, um, and I, and from, you know, the way you discussed it, obviously you're going to be bringing in data to support these supplements. You're going to be bringing in information that supports the, the stand of, of how these molecular pathways are enhanced and or altered or or improved or you know modulated if you want to say um and and that's the key to all of this is that this is real science that we're 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 correlating information that's that's available and 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 we're making sense of it for the for the people coming to listen uh to what we're putting together uh, for the Peptide World Congress. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we get stuck on a lot of preclinical models and we've had a lot of great supplements that have shown us great things in animal models and uh, got us really excited about it, but it didn't really translate over to, to human studies. But now there's a really cool thing happening where these, these two worlds are almost merging, where we're now utilizing things like leucine, even with the repurposing of, of, of uh, pharmaceuticals. And we're using things like low-dosing leucine with other things like resveratrol and B6. And now where we didn't see that translation from preclinical models to human models, now we're starting to see it because we're, we're a little bit smarter about it and we're combining these things that, that are really converging on certain pathways. So now we're in situations where we didn't see translation to human models, and now we are. And now we know what to look forward, especially when it comes to things like NAD precursors and other ways of improving NAD. Because um, I think a lot of people get stuck on, on which NAD precursor to use when there are a lot of ways to improve NAD and NAD ratios. And it's the convergence of, of multiple tools in our toolbox that we can utilize to, to improve, our, improve our NAD. So yeah, I, I completely agree. We're gonna, we're gonna start to really see these two worlds merge where we have our traditional healthcare uh, field where we have old pharmaceutical, you know, you can't really demonize one thing over the other. We have a lot of tools. And we're repurposing older drugs where we're combining them with, with amino acids and, and, and things like low-dose leucine. But we're also seeing um, you know, peptides being, being studied for um, the, same, the same thing. We're starting to see the mitochondrial peptides studied for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and cancer. And, and those things have everything to do with insulin resistance and AMPK and, 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 and the ability to... Uh, uh, improve glucose uptake. So all these things seem like they're different subjects, but they're all very interconnected. And it's, it's really exciting to see where we can use not only supplements, not only pharmacological agents, but now we're seeing peptides that are getting FDA approval um, for weight loss, right? Like, and it's, it's like everything is starting to merge. We can't really, can't really be on one side or the other. And everybody's leveraging tools from everybody else's toolbox. If you look at what you know, peptides are doing when it comes to GLP-1s, what did they do in their studies? You know, they, they caloric restricted their patients and they made a move for 150 minutes a week. They're leveraging the system that we're talking about. They were leveraging caloric restriction. They were le leveraging AMPK. Um, so it's like, we can't really be in our own silos anymore. It's time for everybody to get together and utilize all the tools that we have to put together some great, some great treatment plans for patients. 
Yeah, I, I just love listening to you um, because I've kind of seen you from where you started to where you are now. And, and it's just brilliant how you're putting things together. And I, I is it can I ask you just I just have to diverge just a bit here in just listening to you. Um, I, I feel like this proud father of, of uh, <laughs> this guy with all this knowledge of and, and not that I've contributed significantly. You've done all the work, but but isn't it cool? So when you started looking, you know, when you when you heard about the data, some of the newer data on on uh, the on the um, lower dose leucine and the and the effect of um, of changing um, NAD's KM so it could work better on the CERT activation and you know decetylation, all that kind of stuff. How wasn't it cool that? or wasn't it wasn't it like this light bulb of okay wait i know these pathways wait a second i know all of this oh my gosh this makes sense yes absolutely and that was what you've talked about a lot is understanding a language it's not like i had some super brain power to put these things together or or anything like that it's because somebody was teaching me a language and you did have a, a big part to do with that because that's not something that you get anywhere else you don't, you don't get biochemistry. Biochemistry wasn't something, or molecular biology wasn't something I was interested ever throughout college or my career or at any point. But when now it's like the basis of everything when it comes to helping people transform their lives, getting patient outcomes, understanding you know, what we can do to have a better quality of life. Um, and it's, it's just everything. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting off course, but it was... It was learning that language and understanding that language because it doesn't matter if we're going through a peptide course or we're going through a high level mastermind like we just did with the brain summit at the beginning of all those we're talking about this again and again and again it doesn't matter if it's talking about it in the brain it doesn't matter if we're talking about it in cancer it's it has everything to do with everything and in, in, in whatever disease state or whatever whatever topic that you're covering having a really good understanding of this is going to make everything else make sense where Sometimes I, I, I get taken back, I'll be reading uh, a study or reading a paper and I'll just take a step back and look at it and be like, you know, what am I doing right now? I mean, I just, it's, and it hasn't been that much time, you know, um, that I've been doing this with you, with you guys. Um, and it's, it's pretty shocking at what, what happens when you learn this, when you learn this language and the things that you can put together. It's, it's almost surreal, to be honest with you. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. So, so uh, Leonard, if you could, could you give the, in closing up our discussion here, um, and, and people, I, I, I know people are gonna be drawn to your talk specifically, um, because there's so much that can be done um, from this uh, that, that can have significant effects immediately on people's lives. What, can you give us an idea of some of the things you may be talking about so people can have an idea of maybe a couple of the, your, uh, of what, some of these supplements and and whatever else you're going to bring forward uh, that people you could give them a little more information. Sure, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about what we talked about here in in greater detail. Uh, the the molecular pathways behind what we're talking about, and then we're going to talk about how how we utilize a lot of these supplements like low dose leucine, resveratrol, B6, and how they all act on these same systems. We're going to talk about newer supplements or uh, things called uh, polymethoxylated flav uh, flavones that come from, some, from citrus peels that have a number of cell signaling effects that improve things 
uh, hepatic fatty acid oxidation, all types of, of amazing things that are on the forefront of, I mean, that molecule that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about it in the context of AMPK and, and CERT1, but it does so many other things. Um, and it's, it's you got to start somewhere with understanding something that's very inexpensive that can have a really big impact. And, and then at the end, we're going to put it together with a couple peptides and their, their pathways so that we can, so that people can see that these pathways converge on the same pathways that we're talking about when it comes to these supplements and it comes to caloric restriction and exercise and kind of put it all together so that people can really go home on Monday morning and, and really put some really get, great uh, protocols and programs together for their patients. Or if they're, if they're out there to improve their own health journey so that they can improve what they're doing in their own lives. Because a lot of this stuff is, is supplements. And, and I, I think people are going to hear about, you know, they've heard about some of these things before, but they're going to see it in a whole different light. And this is, this is absolutely a talk you cannot miss. And I'm really excited about some of the, some of this newer stuff you're going to bring up because you, you know how excited I am. I mean, this, this is, this is the beginning of a lot, I think for people opening some doors to some really simple things they can do to change their lives. Absolutely. My goodness. Uh, I've, I, I don't think I know Dr. C's happier in a happier state than when he sees someone learning what he's dishing out. So Leonard, you, I'm sure you totally made his day today. <laughs> and I can't believe you're coming from this obese world like that that kind of a health state and you turned it all around and walking the talk is another big thing that that dr seeds i know that he he respects greatly about people um i love how you're talking about pathways because that's that's something that pe turns people off um <laughs> especially because they kind of touched upon it and uh, so i'm told in medical school and then now you're kind of equating it back. It's, it's just so great to see um, your ability, I think, to distinguish between these medical buzzwords um, and what is actually useful and, and, and is producing results is actually super inspiring, which is why he is such a force to listen to. Leonard, I didn't mention this and I should have started off with this. He is actually one of our newest SSRP faculty members and you can see why. Thank you so much for joining us, Leonard, Dr. Seeds. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this and take the time out of your busy day. We hope to see everyone again very soon. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Leonard. Thanks, Thanks. everybody.